Hi, I'm Ayala Chipley, and you're listening to Get Out of Bed, Out of Your Head. I'm excited for you to join me on the journey as we learn the skills to overcome our anxiety and depression, acknowledge what we are going through, and learn to share our stories because we deserve to have our lives not dictated by the struggles within our mental health. Whether you're focusing on yourself or helping others, I can't wait to help you get there through sharing what I've learned in my own struggles, my own studies, or interviewing top experts in the mental health field, many of whom have struggled with this on their own. We are on a mission to own our story and own our truth to live life on our own terms. With me right now, we have Mr. Parker Woodward. Good to be back. Who has many roles in my life. <laughs> Podcast coach, friend, gives me a kick in the butt when I need it. You're welcome. I didn't say thank you. I just said you give me all these, you play all these roles in my life. I, and I was taking that as a thank you because I'm great <laughs> and totally humble. Awesome. Yes, very humble. So, but today we are going to talk about something that's super relevant to both of our lives, which is anxiety, the coronavirus, our responses to it, and what the heck we do with it when we experience this, when we're fine, when we're not fine. What, like, what do we do? Right, Parker? Right. That was such an awesome introduction, Ayala. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are <laughs> so that, welcome. Yeah. Uh, see, now, yeah, now we're saying the thank yous and then you're welcome. But no, it is exactly what you're talking about. Like, I, this is something actually you and I were talking about, like Saturday, Sunday night, whatever it was, and literally just like the positive side of coming over, overcoming anxiety and depression and everything like that. Because I've been having so many conversations, and you've been having a whole bunch of conversations with people about, the struggles of life and how everything gets really difficult and how everything is hard and everything. And I think it just becomes that point as far as like, yeah, you know that like you shouldn't be anxious and you shouldn't be depressed, but then it goes to the point as far as like, okay, like, well, what else do I do then? Because like when you get rid of that feeling as far as like, okay, I'm no longer going to be, we're going to have anxiety attacks, have depressive episodes. You then have this like immense amount of time that you then have to fulfill and fill because you're right. just like, oh my gosh, like, cause before like, I, I still struggle with anxiety every single day. So, so with depression every single day, it's not something, again, that never really goes away. But through identifying of like not only what really brings me joy in this life, but also the superpower that also comes from anxiety and depression, I think it just kind of makes it a lot more joyful and even able to help other people a lot more, which is well something that I really enjoy doing a lot. Yeah, I think we both do. And I think that when we're going through all of these things and what, like our brain is occupied by all that anxiety, by all that depression, and so you're right, like what happens in the time where we're not feeling it in the moment? How do we, how, what do we do to find those things that bring us joy? Like, how did you find something that brought you joy when you were like, okay, I, I'm not struggling at this exact moment with this? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I, I absolutely did was if you've ever been in like those intense depressive episodes, feelings are numb. Like the whole, like your body is just kind of this tingling type thing. And it's because your body's gone through it and your brain all at once has gone this immense, just like breakdown, not breakdown, I guess, but a flooding of emotions and stuff like that. So literally your body's natural response is to go numb to prevent pain. That's a huge thing. And so like people say, oh yeah, like do things you enjoy, do that type of stuff. I didn't know what I enjoyed for a good month or so after I got out of the, uh, the mental hospital. And my entire life I struggled with that as far as like, what really brings me joy, I would like play video, play video games, watch TV, listen to music a whole bunch, even go running, just so I wouldn't have to think. It wasn't because I enjoyed it a whole bunch, it's allowed me to just kind of turn off my brain for a hot. And it was super awesome. Yeah. 
And, but I realized part like, okay, what really brings me joy? And I kind of realized that they're, you know, testing a whole bunch of stuff, but through the most immediate amount of joy I could feel afterwards was definitely serving others, finding different opportunities. And not only just being as far as like, Hey, just did this thing for you. Like, give me some, give me some emotion. Give me some like, uh, you know, elation or reward, or whatever the heck it's called. And, and validation. Of, yeah. Validation. Thank you. Yeah. Your English is so good. I like good job. Oh, I went to school, you know? See, I, I'm still in school. That's the problem. Okay. See, now we're learning. I guess I got to stay in here too. Um, but no, <laughs> but no, in regards to all of it though, as far as like, it's just one of those things, as far as like, I knew that like through serving others, I'd feel as much joy from just like, like constant, like true joy. Like, have you felt that a lot too? Like when you're going through all that, like what's the first thing you do, I guess, when you're kind of going through all that for you. So for me, when I'm coming out of that state, it's like this whole mental checklist. Like, am I okay today? Okay. I'm okay today. Like, then what do I do? And it's kind of a trial and error thing for me. It's like, so some days it can be like, what's going to give me true joy is hanging out with my friends. Like for some reason, sometimes those days where I'm just laughing and joking around are like the days that bring me true joy. And then some days where that doesn't bring me true joy, it is like, helping others and serving others. Like, I think I boxed you saying like, Oh my gosh, I got super caught up uh, because I'm helping this other person now. And it was just like an amazing experience to realize like it helping others helps yourself. And that's not something to be ashamed of. And a lot of people feel weird about it that why is helping someone else giving me this like really good internal feeling? Like, is this selfish? Is it not? And it's not selfish. It's your receptors in your yeah. brain. And I think you can speak to that one because you're really good at understanding the different scientific backgrounds of it, even though I was the psychology major. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Like, it's one of those things. I, my uh, girlfriend dating right now, she's like, I know a lot of people who have like psychology majors and stuff like that. But you like legit can like read people and like understand like why somebody thinks the way they do. That's just because like, I just look this stuff up constantly. So what she's talking about actually was known as the limbic system. So in your brain, there's a central part of every single brain. This is human beings, animals, everything along the thing that has a, a brain basically has that core system, basically the limbic system. And that is basically induced a whole bunch behind the, uh, the why you do stuff, how you do stuff, and what you're actually doing is kind of more in the neocortex, the outer layer of it. So basically, whenever you're talking to somebody, they're really passionate about something. Uh, you know, Simon Sinek talks about as far as just like, have you ever tried a, an Apple user to explain why it is they have an iPhone or why they have a Mac type thing, even though it's more expensive, not the best processors in all honesty and battery life and shorter type stuff. It's because the atmosphere of it, because it connects to all your devices, of course, but as well as because it stands for something, it stands for elegance, stands for innovation, has all those kinds of things. And so yeah, the your status, exactly. Yeah. Status, personal identity, all of those things at once. So the main reason why serving others is so important actually and if you want to get religious with it, uh, there's like the scriptures as far as when you're in the service of your fellow men, you're only in the service of your God. Uh, if you want to go like Buddhism type thing, the biggest thing they always preach about as far as basically making sure that you're always helping others before you help yourself, because that is the way of helping your true self. So no matter like what scripture you want to go into, if you're atheist, it's the limbic system. It's a part of your brain, actually. Uh, Christianity, Buddhist, whatever the heck you are, like there's a reason of some kind of philosophy or even proof that it's important to help others. And the main reason that works is because it allows you to actually have your reason beyond yourself. So mm-hmm. the biggest reason why I honestly like didn't commit suicide a couple of the first times was because I felt guilt. 
I was guilty as far as just like, okay, like I just, I don't want to leave like my parents. I don't want them to kind of go through all that. And then it kind of goes from guilt. Then it goes to the next stage as far as hope, as far as, okay, maybe this will get better. Maybe I'll be able to actually find joy. Maybe I'll be able to actually like have a good day and everything like that. Because you know, it's one of those things like when you're constantly fighting in anxiety and fighting in depression, like it gets rough when you're constantly fighting. But when you find those moments as far as just like, no, like things can get better. And that's where it starts out as the hope. And then it goes into the joy as far as just like, I enjoy living. I enjoy talking with friends. I enjoy like not being inside my head a whole bunch because you've made that shift. And the biggest thing as far as finding something, finding an identity to stand behind. And of course, then as well, finding uh, just something to smile about, laugh about, but quick little thing as far as for me, it's serving others. That's the person that brings me joy. Then I moved into realizing I like hiking a lot, realizing I liked uh, mountain rock climbing is super fun. Biking is super fun for me. All those little tiny things. So I think that's the biggest way for me that I found like joy in the journey of all this mental health stuff is just like exactly what you said. Trial and error I think is huge. And I think you touched on something really important, which is the identity. You discovered an identity of helping others. And we had this, I think when we're going through anxiety and depression, we identify ourselves as we're anxious, we're depressed. That's not our identity. It is a part of who we are, but that's not our full identity. So being able to shift your purpose and shift your identity is massive in understanding that you are more than your anxiety. You are more than your depression. Totally. You have anxiety. You have depression. Yeah. You are not those two things in life. Yeah, totally. I think as well, something super cool with that is if you're trying to find a way to serve others, helping others with their anxiety and depression, biggest thing ever. You have this amazing Facebook group where literally like thrive beyond anxiety. As far as I'm in it, like it's super awesome. I love being in it because it's just this purpose for me as well. As far as I know, if, if anybody comes in there, like I've been through it myself, like it's one of the biggest things, like when I was first coming out of it, and there's several times that I've come out of this kind of moments type stuff. The number one thing is my mom would always tell me this. She's like, you're going through this to be able to help others. You're going through this to be able to help uh, uh, understand other people. And not gonna lie, first few times I heard about it, pretty pissed. It's like, I don't care. Like I'd much rather like- Just not experience it. Yeah. Just not have it. This is not fun, no. Um, But it's one of those things that it was so true. And I had to first, you know, of course, find the happiness myself before I was able to really help others. But I remember just this amazing experience of talking, uh, this girl had, uh, she, she called me up or whatever, or she literally sent me a text in the middle of my accounting class. So I'm sitting there, I had gotten a few texts in these past few days as far as she wasn't doing okay. I knew she suffered a lot from anxiety and depression and everything like that. And then like that day, like as I'm sitting in this class, I get this text as far as, hey, I need to chat right now. I'm about to kill myself. And it was this just like immense experience, like legit put my, jam my computer in my backpack, threw it over my shoulder, was like stepping over people trying to get out so I can call this person to be able to make sure that like she didn't make the biggest mistake she'd ever make in her life. And I remember her just saying as far as just like, you know, like I wouldn't have called you, wouldn't have texted you, would have even picked up your call if you hadn't shared with me before about the stuff that you went through. Yeah, vulnerability. Seriously. And it's one of those things like you gotta, you gotta accept it first and everything like that, but that is the best part about, yeah, like we've all been through some serious crap where it's no longer fun, but as well, like the amazing privilege of helping somebody who's in the same position you are, I think is the, the first place maybe you can find the most joy, maybe. Yeah, I think shifting that, that to privilege, 
yeah. is an amazing shift in perspective that we all need sometimes. Yeah. And like your first experience helping somebody with anxiety and depression, actually. What was my first experience? You've talked a lot about as far as you've had friends about it your entire life and everything. Yeah. Um, see, okay. I mean, there's been, I think so many of my friends have struggled with anxiety throughout yeah. their entire lives that I can't pinpoint it to a first one. But first one of number, like the number one, like most powerful, the number one most powerful moment was when a friend, our senior year, my senior year of college, um, she came to my two best friends and I and said, um, I think I just tried to kill myself and had like scissors on the ground of the bathroom. And we immediately had to go into full helping mode. Yeah. Like there was. I remember, so one of my friend's responses was, oh my gosh, I need to call the police. The other friend's response was frozen in time. Like she was Disney's frozen in that moment. Yeah. And then my response is like, I took a deep breath and I was like, let's evaluate. Like before we make any moves, like let's, let's first like make sure we're there for her. Let's take it step by step. Let's see what happened. Let's get her the help she needs. And then we can make those bigger decisions of what needs to happen, but immediate safety. So it was like, and it turned out that she, she wasn't trying to kill herself. She needed help. She needed attention for something that was going on deeper inside of her head that she couldn't recognize for a really long time. And it just boiled up and boiled over and helping her see that and put all the steps together was like one of the most powerful moments. And I slept in her bed that night and like to make sure she was okay and called her mom to bring in that extra help. But it was just this crazy experience of right now, someone needs me and they need all of me. They need like fully my attention right there. And it took me out of my own headspace, no matter what I was going through in order to help her in that moment. And that was insanely powerful in a moment that she and I will never forget. And the three friends that went through it with me, we will all never forget. Um, and something that's created this deeper level of connection between all of us, which I think is another super powerful thing is like the fact that I've experienced depression, you've experienced depression. We feel things so deeply yeah. and that is our superpower. I don't think if she had come to other people, it wouldn't have been the same experience. Like it could have been more traumatizing for her, what she had to go through after that. Yeah. Calling the police, doing all these things that like they say point blank, you should do, but in truth be told, you have to evaluate what's going on. And the empathy that came from me in that point in time was a different experience for her than it could have been for someone else, which is when our experiences impact how we help others. Totally. You and I have both had like countless calls of just like helping other people. Like I, for several people of mine, a friend of mine, his, uh, his wife really struggles with it. And literally we had an hour, hour long chat while he was in the other room, basically just being just like, okay, like that's, like complain to me, like, what the heck are you going through? Cause like, that's the first thing with all this stuff is like, for you to really feel true joy, you have to acknowledge that like, not fun. Like 10 out yeah. of Yeah. Not like, not a, not a five-star review on Yelp. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. No. And you have to acknowledge what you go through. And like, I was just watching Rachel Hollis's movie. Cause I just watch it all the time. Like get inspiration. Cause I love her. <laughs> and she said, she said, you're never going to get to the next place. If you have an anchor weighing you down, no matter how good of a swimmer you are. Yeah. And that's super important. Like we can't like we can't move on to the future in the next step if we don't acknowledge 
where we've been in our past. We can't pretend that the pain didn't happen. We can't just like wish it away. It happened. We need to acknowledge it. It doesn't mean we can't move forward, but we need to acknowledge that like we came from this place to move beyond it. Totally. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is like finding somewhere to push towards as well. Like the whole anchor thing. I was, I'm like, I'm terrified to have kids when I'm older at, at, at sometimes. Cause I'm like, I get anxious. I get like depressed. Like my whole life I wanted to be a dad. I think it's like the most fun thing ever. You gotta have all these super sick memories and everything. And like there's amazing connection and, and with your kids and everything. And it's one of those things as far as like, I can't be that for them and I can't provide that for them unless I'm making sure that I'm there for them in the moment that I'm emotionally available, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's super cool as far as being like, also I know that like when I have kids, I'll be able to provide this emotional understanding to any, anything they have ever and will ever go through simply because I've been there. I know exactly where they're coming from. All that kind of stuff is, is kind of down. And that's the biggest thing that I've kind of been able to realize and I've helped other people understand as well is like, you know, for you going through this, you're going to be able to help other people a whole bunch more after you help yourself first. Exactly what Ayla just said, like you can't swim far and do amazing things if you're anchored down and held back by things that you haven't really cut free from you. But as well, yeah. it's one of those biggest things for you as far as you know that the whole, one of the favorite things to kind of, uh, favorite quotes right now is, one, you, did, you have not come this far to only come this far. I think that's a super cool quote and really inspirational. But another one is, turn your uh, stumbling block into your stepping stone. Mm. It's, like a, it's a huge thing. You got a great Pinterest quotes, and, but to every single one of they're going to mean something. To every single one of they're going to mean like a lot more deeper meaning. Like for me, I didn't, go through everything that I've gone through. I haven't had anxiety attacks. I haven't fallen down on my floor and like wanted to literally just perish. I've literally just disappear off the face of the earth in, the, in a flat second. So because of the amount of pain that I was in, I have not gotten up past all of that to stop now. I haven't gotten past all yeah. that to fall back into that by going back into the things that I was uh, doing as far as not spending enough time with other people. And as well, just there's a whole bunch of stuff that I think those little tiny quotes, they're great. But when you apply what every single one of us has actually been through, they really become something you really learn and a principle in life. I think. And I think this really came up for you and I, when we were, we were talking the other night on the phone and you said, like, I wanted to stay on my mission. Like I, like, I didn't really have a choice. And I, I said to you, I was like, we would have maybe never, never met if you had, like, you might've not helped me to start this impact. Therefore, I might not have impacted people. You wouldn't be necessarily like doing all this podcasting and helping people like be able to make impact from their mission if it wasn't for all of these things that you had been through. Because you you literally, even when you were experiencing in the moment, you were still like, you've had setbacks. I've had setbacks. Like there are still things that you go through, but you've continued to make it your stepping stone. Like you continue to build upon it. Like when things happen, things happened this year for you that were bad and you like took time for yourself and you came back, you came back on a new level yeah. and you came back stronger and helping more people and being able to do that. And it's all of these things that you've made your stepping stone. And it's important that we all realize that like it sucks and we have setbacks and like we do the, we go through these things, but we can go a step higher each time we go through it and help more people from it. Yeah. Cause it, it just allows us to understand it deeper. Yeah, seriously. And again, like it's our superpower. Yeah, it is. And through every single thing we go to, like go through, like there has to be something you're pushing towards. 
Like let it start out as being a great, you know, a mother, a father. If you're incapable of, incapable of being like that, like due to actual like stuff in your life and everything, then like be the best adop adopting mother, adopting father, like find a way to like to find an opportunity to serve others. And that's be the, the best friend you can be. Yeah, seriously, all that kind of stuff. And that'll get you started. That's, that's a start only. Then you'll get to the point as far as having that hope, as far as being like, shoot, like I can, I, I can be really happy. I can, I can get to that point. Then you'll have experiences where you have more setbacks. You'll have more times as far as being just like, well, crap. Like I, I should be better. Like there's been several times where I'm fighting my hardest and the stuff is not getting better. But as well, every single time that that's happened to me, there's always one person I've helped through, through me kind of asking as far as like, okay, like shoot, like what is it I can do through all this? Not like to say that I'm like some like great thing, whatever the heck is, but that's like the only thing that works for me is being just like, okay, like helping people. Like, what do we got? Like, how does that, how, how can I find that? And the next one as far as, okay, cool. Like what do I want out of life? How is this going to allow me to recharge me to do more business with people, help more impact with lives? Um, you know, raise more money for charities, whatever it is that it's kind of driving you personally. I think there's, there's an amazing amount of drivers for every single one of us and allowing us to kind of have that, I think is really great. And allowing ourselves to be gentle in the fact that we might not find the right one immediately yeah. and like back to just trial and error. And it's okay to be okay. Some days be down some days, help someone one day and then feel like, mm, I kind of need help myself the next step. Totally. All of these things are okay. Like, especially in this time where we need to feel our feelings, there is a trauma going on in our world right now. Even if we're, we're not feeling it personally, we're all feeling it on some level subconsciously or consciously. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we just Hallelujah. need what? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in church, but I'm Jewish. <laughs> exactly. Seriously. Okay, synagogue then. Um, it's just a point in time that we need to be able to feel ourselves and feel our feelings and be okay with it. And we live in a world, you and I do, of like entrepreneurs, and it's like pivot. This is the time to make your move. This is the time. To, but like, you know what? Take a step back for a second. That's Be a okay before you can help others too. Totally, I think it's so great, and it's like, you know, it's one of the best parts about like motivational speeches that I've ever really heard is, you know, they're all very broad, like on purpose. They're all very broad yeah. as far as being just like, okay, find your purpose, find what you want to do, constantly work at it. And it really repeats the same three things over and over and over again. But mm -hmm. every single time they say it, you attach a meaning to it. So I think that's the best way for you to find happiness and joy in coronavirus times, actual life crises, because there's going to be an immense amount of times every single one of our lives where we're going to go through something, have an expectation, have a crumble. I had the expectation that I would be able to serve, you know, the, something that I really, I really stood for, serving a two-year church, church for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I thought I was doing something that was great. I thought that, you know, uh, God, the universe, whatever it is you want to call it, karma, you know, mitochondria, whatever the heck it is that you kind of associate your, your beliefs to. I thought that that would be a good thing that I was doing the right thing. And it ended up that that was something that I wasn't supposed to finish or had finished the way that I needed, I needed to. I had that expectation that completely crumbled. I had the expectation that I would marry a girl and that completely crumbled. I had the expectation that I would not have to go through all this over and over and over again. And it crumbled. But every single time I've gone through it, there's been some kind of lesson that I've learned as if you want to get like all grand, like grandiose type stuff, but also like an experience where I had an immense amount of joy from it. 
And the more I think back to that, if you use your reticular activating system or automatic reticular activate, oh, no, reticular activating system, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which is basically your RAS, which is part of your brain, which is basically focused on if you try to find gratitude, it'll find things that, you're, that you are grateful for and allow you to actually envision it a lot more. If you've heard of the law of attraction, it's the exact same thing. If you've heard of prayer and meditation, same principle. And it basically just allows you to kind of have that exact same thing. So if you're trying to find things to be happy for, great thing is to reflect. Get in a position in a state where it brought you to happiness. Last night, I had an amazing opportunity to be just like, wow, like, I'm having a lot more fun and a lot more positivity like this week than I've had the whole past year and everything. Just because I was finding people that I found me found people that I really enjoyed being with. I hung out with people before that I had lost contact with. And it's one of those great experiences. Yeah. I think you touched on some amazing points there. It's we pay I, attention I to. It's I, I know. I know. Uh, yes, you're just incredible. Sorry. We all can't be as amazing as Parker Woodward. It's guys, we can try. But, you know, again, realistic. We'll all fail. <laughs> no, but it's true. We, we process. That was, a, that was a joke. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, if, if you don't know. No, it might not be a joke. <laughs> it's, I'm, okay. If you've ever heard, uh, taste that mac and cheese. Boom. You know, I'm just going to leave it at that. So, obviously, I'm the greatest. We'll all sur survive our coronavirus season with Parker's mac and cheese. Exactly. Because as long as we have cheese there's something motivational speech insert here. <laughs> and I think that might be a good note to close it on. But That'll really. End on. Motivational speeches with cheese. Boom. <laughs> but really, we actually do only, we pay more attention to things that we're looking for because our brains only process a certain amount of information. So if we cut out less of the things that make us feel bad and crappy and stress and anxiety, and we pay more attention to the things of gratitude, which bring us joy and happiness, we're going to find more of those. And those are going to be in our brains yeah. more. How so how do you replace the, as far as looking for more things with gratitude? Cause I know that for me, like stopping social media type consumption is kind of one mm -hmm. thing that helps, but what is something you go towards? I guess That's something I'm struggling with personally. I find also like on the exact side of that spectrum, it's like, okay, I'm going to cut out things in social media that don't serve you, but also find things in social media that do serve me oh, and that true. make me feel better. Like consumption of Rachel Hollis's movie made for more just inspires me. And it like <laughs> fills my brain with joy and gratitude. I swear it's super weird. Brittany Brown, like why have I watched her like Netflix special? Probably 50,000 times, literally. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like if we can find those things to fill our brain with or it ourselves like in the morning starting off on a better note than just scrolling write down the notes in your phone three things that you're grateful for two things that'll make the day better notes in your phone super easy i can't write with a pen and pencil not when i wake up in the morning i need coffee parker knows this he saw me with like a venti coffee every day of the cruise oh my <laughs> gosh guys just so you everybody who's listening or seeing this right now understands this woman's diet is coffee and almonds <laughs> We've moved on a little bit more, but yeah, a lot of coffee in the morning. And almonds, apparently. For me, I like, hungry. I, okay, I'm starving constantly. Like, seriously. Like, every single day I wake up, I have, like, today I had, like, a whole banana, a whole avocado, uh, energy, energy drink type thing, basically. It's like a vitamin C, natural energy, energy thing. Um, ketones, I had eggs. And... Parker, it's an hour earlier where you are. It's 11.48 in the morning. I woke up. So two hours earlier. 
Is it 1048? Uh, it's, yeah, 1048, yeah. And you've had all of that today? I don't know how the heck you don't eat. Like, seriously, I am constantly hungry. Guess what I've had to eat today? This is, this is for everyone on Facebook Live that clearly wants to see our reaction and totally. on my yes. podcast. Let us all know, what have you eaten today? Well, I want you to just guess. Guess? Let's see here. For you, so it's already 1249 your time. I'm going to guess that you've eaten, gosh, a pineapple? No, just coffee. Just coffee. Okay. That's also not good. Like, this isn't necessarily taking care of your body. This was just me getting caught up in the morning. But I did start my morning off right. Let's get back to that by, by literally writing three things I'm grateful for, letting that sink into my mind, two things that I can do to make the day great. And that is it. That's how I started my day. And then I can scroll through Instagram if I want to and do all that. But I also unfollowed all those people that aren't serving me. Yeah. So like, the interesting thing with that as well is different people get ready differently. For you, you need like only a, only a cup of coffee type thing. For me, I need like a whole bunch of food because I'm, I don't know, a cricket or starving something. Starving boy. Seriously, I am always hungry. It's terrible. Um, he but had no. like four desserts on the cruise in one sitting. I was like, hmm. <laughs> it was so good. Um, but no, so it was, it's just one of those things about everybody is different. Everybody has a different way of getting ready in the morning. For you, you type out stuff for uh, gratitude. I, I'm terrible at typing. For, I guess I can write a whole bunch of notes and stuff like that. But as far as if it's for me, it's more meaningful for my, when I run, I write. That's just something that I do. I, I read mm -hmm. uh, scriptures in the morning. It's something that I, I do for me to kind of reflect on great things that I believe, like God, the universe, mitochondria, again, whatever it is you believe, um, has like privilege us to be able to see and to witness. So there's just different things like that, that I feel like everybody has a different thing. Writing what you're currently grateful for, reflecting on past notes you've written. Yeah, I love doing that. Oh, it's so nice. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So all of these things, like this is a part one of this conversation. Like Parker and I could go on for hours, but I think to spare everyone, we will stop here for now and like take some notes on this if you if you feel that it'll help you. Like maybe it's those quotes that we said that it's funny because Parker had the same note of you didn't come this far to only come this far. I had literally have it written down in my notes. No kidding. It, it was just so weird that you just said it. This I literally had just friend. written it down this morning. But anyways, just find the little things. Find the joys. Um, one stepping stone at a time. Turn your, your pain into your purpose. Like any of those things that we've spoken about. The gratitude journal. Um, and thanks, Parker, for sharing your amazing knowledge on all of this, especially the scientific aspect, which you have a better verbalization of it than I do. Thank you so much. It, it is one of those things. If for me that allowed me to, so when I was in the, I was in this mental hospital, I was literally like, basically they, it's one of those places you gotta go and you're really not feeling safe, safe by yourself. I, personally, for me, my own personal opinion, it was not the best um, mental health type place. It was kind of more of just the fact of just like, okay, be safe. We're gonna take all the stuff that like would you potentially use to harm yourself like away, like. Very much is like take care of yourself and get the get the food you need and all that kind of stuff is like super important. It's awesome. It's really important to have there. But the biggest thing that I did in that time was I literally I read Man's Search for Meaning. I read Simon Sinek's Start with Why. I have immersed myself in every single article about the human brain, why it works the way it does, uh, the endo endocrine system, uh, why the body says no by uh, this uh, one doctor guy. It's super good. That for me that helps because I. I do that. Other people, they do the spiritual side of it. They do meditation. 
They do all that kind of, everybody has their own thing, just like we've been talking about. And it's just about finding the way that like allows you to understand yourself and as well push towards to like what she said exactly, is turning your pain into your purpose and finding something to find joy in and being amazing, like Ayala does. Oh, well, thank you, Parker. I was I, I, I kind of complimented myself too much in this. I was like, okay, we'll kind of throw her out a little bit, I guess, maybe. And I think for everyone's sake, we should stop recording right now. <laughs> Sounds but fantastic. It was amazing having you again for the second time, and it will not be the last. Of course. I'm so inspired that you've joined me and so many others by listening to this podcast in our fight to overcome our anxiety and depression. If you know someone that could benefit from this message, please share this podcast with them so we can change the lives of the people we love together. If you want more help for yourself so you can finally live life on your own terms without feeling crippled by anxiety and depression, then I hope you'll let me help you further on your journey. You can do this by going to www.anxietysecretstoolbox.com to access the key tools and strategies you need to gain control over your anxiety and panic attacks. We are on a mission to come together to own our story and truth and help others do the same in this movement to live life on our own terms.